lads and ladies, welcome to the Junior Classics. Hi there, I'm Sir Bradley Hassey, a teller of borrowed tales. Join me as I share stories of courage, adventure, and wonder. But don't take my word for it. You can find out for yourself on today's Junior Classic. Dear kind traveler, release me. Who are you, my little friend? Hello, comrades. Are you asleep? Go there. I know not where. Bring something. I know not what. If you are telling lies, you will lose your head. Mirza, ready! Greetings, Junior Scholars. I am Sir Bradley Hassey, guardian of the written word and your guide through the Junior Classics. Our mission is to safeguard the classics and inspire children to a love of good reading and a real and lasting interest in Western literature and history. If this is your first time listening, thank you for joining us. And a very special thank you to my loyal listeners who tune in each and every episode, and especially my Patreon supporters who help keep the show going and growing. If you like what we are doing, creating stories for the good of your kids, consider supporting me on Patreon for five bucks a month. You can also write me a letter at P.O. Box 1153, Crown Point, Indiana, 46308. Write me a letter, tell me things you liked about a story, ask me any questions, send me any drawings, and a big shout out to Ryder from Savannah, Georgia, for the very regal drawing of the medieval knight and the epic army battle. I used to draw battle scenes like that all the time. So well done, Ryder. The last Nordic coloring activity book is on the way to you and today we embark on a new series called slavic tales with the story huntsman the unlucky now what is a slav you might be asking well i'm going to tell you but first lost and found words listen carefully to these words and their meanings and try and spot them during the story all of today's words have a Russian theme or are from that area. The first word is kopek with a K, K-O-P-E-K. A kopek is money used in Russia. A kopek was worth one hundredth of a ruble. So you could think of it like a penny. One hundred pennies equals a dollar. The next word we have is tartar. Now a tartar is actually a, a people that's T-A-R-T-A-R. And Tartars were a member of the combined forces of Central Asian people, mostly Mongols and Turks. So that's from the country of Mongolia and Turkey. Under the leadership of Genghis Khan, they conquered much of Asia and Eastern Europe. And they were constantly in conflict with Russia. Our next word is a czar. That's czar with a C. The C is silent. C-Z-A-R. Czar. The czar is simply the emperor of Russia. He is the man in charge. Our next word is viands. Viands with a V. Viands is another word for food or a choice or tasty dish. So next time you go have a dinner with a family, you can say, thanks for the viands, mom. Lastly, we have the word courtier. A courtier is a person who attends a royal court, and they are usually a companion or an advisor to the king or queen, or the czar in our case today. 
That's all for today's Lost and Found Words. Now on to the show. Slavs are a group of people who speak a set of related languages known as the Slavic languages and share a culture that dates back before recorded history. They spread to live in most of Central, Eastern, and Southeastern Europe and into North and Central Asia. Countries that you might know where they live today include Russia, Poland, Ukraine, Bulgaria, Serbia, Macedonia, and more. One of the earliest mentions of Slavs comes from the Roman historian Procopius, about 500 years after the life of Jesus Christ. He described them as barbarians who lived under democracy and that they believe in one God, the maker of lightning to whom they made sacrifice. He described them as living in scattered housing and constantly changing settlement. Regarding warfare, they were mainly foot soldiers with small shields and battle axes, lightly clothed, some entering battle naked with only their privates covered, oh my. Their language is barbarous. That just means they didn't speak Greek. They are tall and robust. They live a hard life, giving no heed to bodily comforts. Other sources say they use swamps and forests for their cities. And there is a story about foreigners who tried to conquer a tribe of slaves. The Slavic leader said, Others do not conquer our land, we conquer theirs. So it shall always be for us. But not exactly, because it's ironic because the English word slave comes from the term Slav. This came about when Slavs were captured and enslaved by the Muslims of Spain during the 9th century AD. Now, almost every nation in history has been enslaved at some time. So it's kind of too bad the Slavs got stuck with the slave man. But such is life. The religion of Slavs is mostly Christian, roughly Orthodox in the East and Catholic in the West. So that's just a little bit about the history of the Slavic people. Today's tale is from Russia. Please enjoy. every day in search of game, but it often happened that he killed nothing, and so was obliged to return home with his bag empty. On that account, he was nicknamed Huntsman the Unlucky. At last he was reduced by his ill fortune to such extremities that he had not a piece of bread nor a kopeck left. The wretched man wandered about the forest, cold and hungry, he had eaten nothing for three days and was nearly dying of starvation. He lay down on the grass, determined to put an end to his existence. Happily, better thoughts came into his mind. He crossed himself and threw away the gun. Suddenly, he heard a rustling noise near him. It seemed to issue from some thick grass close at hand. 
the hunter got up and approached the spot. He then observed that the grass partly hid a gloomy abyss, from the bottom of which there rose a stone, and on it lay a small jar. As he looked and listened, the hunter heard a small voice crying, Dear kind traveler, release me. The voice seemed to proceed from the little jar. The courageous hunter, walking carefully from one stone to another, approached the spot where the jar lay, took it up gently, and heard a voice crying from within like the chirping of a grasshopper. Release me, and I will be of service to you. Who are you, my little friend? asked Huntsman the Unlucky. I have no name and cannot be seen by human eyes. If you want me, call a Mirza. A wicked magician put me in this jar, sealed it with the King of Solomon, and then threw me in this fearful place where I have lain for 70 years. Very good. I will give you your liberty, and then we shall see how you will keep your word. He broke the seal and opened the little jar. There was nothing in it. Hello, where are you, my friend? <laughs> By your side, a voice answered. The hunter looked about him, but could see no one. Mirza? Ready, I await your orders. I am your servant for the next three days and will do whatever you desire. You only have to say, go there. I know not where. Bring something. I know not what. Hmm, very well. You will doubtless know best what is wanted. Go there. I know not where. Bring something. I know not what. As soon as the hunter had uttered these words, there appeared before him a table covered with dishes, each filled with the most delicious viands, as if they had come direct from a banquet of the Tsar. The hunter sat down at the table and ate and drank till he was satisfied. He then rose, crossed himself, and bowing on all sides exclaimed, Ah, uh, thank you, thank you. Instantly, the table and everything else with it disappeared, and the hunter continued his journey. After walking some distance, he sat down by the roadside to rest. It so happened that while the hunter was resting himself, there passed through the forest a gypsy thief, leading a horse which he wanted to sell. I wish I had the money to buy the horse with. What a pity my pockets are empty. However, I will ask my invisible friend, Mirza. Ready? Go there, I know not where. Bring something, I know not what. In less than a minute, the hunter heard the money chinking in his pocket. Gold poured into them. He knew not how nor whence. Thanks, you have kept your word. He then began to bargain with the gypsy for the horse. Having agreed upon the price, he paid the man in gold, who, staring at the hunter with his mouth wide open, wondered where Huntsman the Unlucky had got so much money from. Parting from the hunter, the gypsy thief ran with all his speed to the farther end of the forest and whistled. There was no answer. They are asleep, thought the gypsy, and entered a cavern where some robbers, lying on the skins of animals, 
were resting themselves. Hello, comrades. Are you asleep? Get up quick, or you will lose a fine bird. He is alone in the forest. His pockets are full of gold. Make haste. The robbers sprang up, mounted their horses, and galloped after the hunter. The hunter heard the clatter, and seeing himself suddenly surrounded by robbers, cried out, Mirza, ready! Go there, I know not where. Bring something, I know not what. There was a rustling noise heard in the forest, and then something from behind the trees fell upon the robbers. They were knocked from their horses and scattered on all sides, yet no hand was seen to touch them. The robbers, thrown upon the ground, could not raise themselves, and the hunter, thankful and rejoicing at his deliverance, rode on, and soon found his way out of the dark forest, and came upon a town. Near this town, there were pitched tents full of soldiers. Huntsman the Unlucky was told that an enormous army of Tartars had come, under the command of their Khan, who, angry at being refused the hand of the beautiful Princess Malavzara, the daughter of the Tsar, had declared war against him. The hunter had seen the Princess Malavzara when she was out hunting in the forest. She used to ride a beautiful horse and carry a golden lance in her hand. A magnificent quiver of arrows hung from her shoulder. When her veil was lifted up, she appeared like the spring sunlight to give light to the eyes and warmth to the heart. The hunter reflected for a little while and then cried out, Mirza! In an instant, he found himself dressed in splendid attire. His jacket was embroidered with gold. He wore a beautiful mantle on his shoulders, and ostrich feathers hung gracefully down from the top of his helmet, fastened by a brooch of a ruby surrounded by pearls. The hunter went into the castle, presented himself before the Tsar, and offered to drive away the forces of the enemy on condition that the Tsar gave him the beautiful Princess Malavzara for his wife. The Tsar was greatly surprised, but did not like to refuse such an offer at once. He first asked the hunter his name, his birth, and his possessions. I am called Huntsman the Unlucky, Master of Mirza the Invisible. The Tsar thought the young stranger was mad. The courtiers, however, who had seen him before, assured the Tsar that the stranger exactly resembled Huntsman the Unlucky, whom they knew, but how he had got that splendid dress, they could not tell. Then the Tsar demanded, Do you hear what they say? If you are telling lies, you will lose your head. Let us see then how you will overcome the enemy with the forces of your invisible Mirza. Be of good hope, Tsar. As soon as I say the word, everything will be completed. Good. If you have spoken the truth, you shall have my daughter for your wife. If not, your head will be the forfeit. Well, I shall either become a prince, or I am a lost man, the hunter said to himself. He then whispered, Mirza, go there. I know not where. Do this, I know not what. A few minutes passed, and there was nothing to be heard or seen. Huntsman the Unlucky turned pale 
the Tsar, enraged, ordered him to be seized and put in irons. When suddenly, the firing of guns was heard in the distance. The Tsar and his courtiers ran out on the steps leading to the castle and saw bodies of men approaching from both right and left, their standards waving gracefully in the air. The soldiers were splendidly equipped. The Tsar could hardly believe his eyes, for he himself had no troops so fine as these. This is no delusion. These are the forces of my invisible friend. And let them drive away the enemy then, if they can. The hunter waved his handkerchief. The army wheeled into position. Music burst forth in a martial strain, and then a cloud of dust arose. When the dust had cleared, the army was gone. The Tsar invited Huntsman the Unlucky to dinner and asked him numerous questions about Mirza the Invisible. At the second course, the news came that the enemy was flying in every direction, completely routed. The terrified Tartars had left all their tents and baggage behind them. The Tsar thanked the hunter for his assistance and informed his daughter that he had found a husband for her. Princess Molovzara blushed upon receiving this intelligence and then turned pale and began to shed tears. The hunter whispered something to Mirza, and the princess's tears changed into precious stones as they fell. The courtiers hastened to pick them up. They were pearls and diamonds. The princess smiled at this, and overcame with pleasure, gave her hand to Huntsman the Unlucky, unlucky no longer. Then began the feast, but here the story must end. Well, I hope you all enjoyed the first story in our new Slavic Tales series, Huntsman the Unlucky, who is unlucky no longer. You know, we all go through strings of bad luck or tough times, but rarely do they last forever. The Huntsman was so hungry in the beginning of the story, he just wanted life to stop. But just when he wanted to end it, better thoughts came to him and he crossed himself. That's what we're told. When he did these things, his bad luck ended because he was about to meet Mirza the Invisible, who would grant him wishes for the next three days. So, the Huntsman somehow managed to turn his mind toward better things, and that helped him change towards a positive attitude. He then crossed himself. This means making the sign of the cross with his hand. Making the sign of the cross is a physical reminder that one is a follower of Jesus Christ and is a prayer to God in itself. So in his darkest hour, the huntsman thought about better things and reminded himself of his faith in God and decided to live on and investigate the curious noise he heard issuing from the gloomy abyss. Let the huntsman's actions be a reminder to you in your time of need. Try to dwell on good things and place your faith in God. That's all for this episode. Until next time, I am Sir Bradley Hassey. Be brave, be loyal, and speak the truth. Now for you parents out there, I want you to understand why we are doing this, what we are trying to achieve, and how you can help us. This is a rescue operation 
preserve the classics and the wisdom within before it is lost forever. Our goal is to inspire children with a love of good reading by safeguarding and breathing new life into the greatest stories in history and empower you, the parents, with a resource you can trust to enrich your child's mind and spirit. We don't want these stories and the wisdom within to be forgotten so our children don't have to learn these lessons on their own. The most important thing you can do for us is to spread the message and tell others about these stories and what we are doing. If you want to donate, we would love that as well. My promise is that 100% of donations will go to building the impact and quality of the Junior Classics. If you have feedback and thoughts on how we can do things better, please send an email to juniorclassicspodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening to the Junior Classics. And now, some Mongolian folk music inspired by the Tartar Army from our friends at World and Fantasy Music. 